Welcome to Speak with Ibukun. This is a podcast where guests can share their stories and delve into how they came through their journey in life, who and what they encountered along the way, and where they are now. The Decade series continues where guests will share their recollections of decades they have lived and the one they are in now. So welcome back to the fourth decade with Lisa. We've had an interesting three decades uh, in in the backlog for you to listen to. And thank you for coming back to listen to Lisa's fourth decade. So Lisa, we're going to jump right into it. When we left the third decade, you were in New York. What happened after New York? Um, After New York, it really changed my perception of where I was going in my life and what I wanted to be doing. And I really felt this really strong urge to um, focus on theater, on theater productions. And I wanted to break into acting, not break into acting, but wanted to pursue more work on stage. Um, There was something, there is something about being on stage that is instant gratification. You always know what the audience thinks by the end of it, even during it. So that's really nice to have that interaction and that feedback when you're performing. Mm -hmm. Um, Doing a a television show or doing film is so very different. Mm -hmm. There's lots of cuts and retakes and, and there's a lot of waiting around when you're doing film and television. You've got to get the right lighting, the right timing. Um, you know, the lines when they're being delivered. And it's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. You've got to wait for your scenes to be ready to shoot. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas a play is just constant. You're just going. Um, And like I said, at the end of the night, you know, you know, you know, within yourself, if it was a good performance, if the audience really connected. And I think that was the strongest part for me was the communication of acting. Mm. Um, you know, to actually have a voice and have something to say, uh, that, that was what really attracted me to, to that kind of career. So I went back to Los Angeles and it didn't feel so sparkly anymore. (laughs) Um, and it, I, if anything, I was really, it was almost like someone turned on a light switch Mm. and I really felt like I hadn't been living my life. I knew, obviously I had been, but I was just so focused Mm. on not leaving Los Angeles in case I missed out on an opportunity. Mm. And, you know, I I was really just too consumed and didn't realize it until I had left the bubble, so to speak. It it Um, happens a lot when when people have a different perspective, a physical perspective on life. You you come to realize what is missing. Yeah. 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 So um, you you felt it was a bubble that you had lived in yes. in Los Angeles and the yeah. spark ha- had left when you came back. Yes. What yeah. did you make uh, any pivotal de- decisions in terms of what you were going to do when, when that happened? Um, yes. I now by that time um I was working for two men who owned a jewelry business Mm. and I was 
their buyer slash office administrator mm -hmm. and it was a great life because they were both in the entertainment industry as well and one was a, a comedian and an actor okay. like a stand-up comic and an actor and the other one had been a professional ballet dancer um, at while he was growing up into adulthood so he had traveled mm -hmm. with the ballet company around the world and his children because um, these were both grown men, much older than I was, and his children were um, actors and in the industry. So he and his wife managed their children. And so it was great to be in that environment because they were very understanding mm. if I had an audition or if, you know, I had to call back or, you know, if I had to do, if I got something and, and I'd be out of the office for a couple of weeks. Mm. They were really understanding because they understood juggling. Mm. Um, you know different careers so it was really nice in that sense um, and I sat down with them and I said to them that I was going to be leaving I was giving my notice because when I came back from New York I think the other thing that happened is like I said I, I didn't feel like I was living my life and it sort of made me realize that there were certain things in my life I wanted to do places I wanted to see traveling has always been a huge um, attraction for me as well. I, I really have wanted to go to different places in, in the world that I haven't mm. even finished doing yet. Um, so, and they, they just thought I was a little crazy. They just thought, you know, how could you leave all this? How could you, you know, you've got this great lifestyle, you drive a great car, we're wow. so flexible. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, and it was, it was, a, it was a very comfortable lifestyle. Mm. You know, and I just said to them, it's great, but I can't take any of it with me. And while I'm here on the planet, I want to experience life. I want to mm. experience different cultures. I want, you know, there's so much more I want to see. Mm. Um, and I became a little bit more philosophical. And um, I think up until that time, I was much more a materialistic person. Um, than any other time in my life because I was making more money than I ever had in my life as well. Mm -hmm. And there was, there was always like, Oh, when I get that, then I'll be happy. When I get that, then I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I get that, but there was always something else to get, you know, but, <laughs> and then yeah. finally, literally when I came back from New York, I sort of looked around and I thought, but I have everything. I've got this great flat. I live in a great location. I've got a convertible car. I've got, you know, all these things that I mm. thought would make me happy. Mm. And it's not that I wasn't happy. I just wasn't pursuing my dreams, I guess, mm. anymore. Acting was no longer a dream. What um, were the new dreams then? My new dream was really to, to travel. I wanted to, I wanted to leave America and go traveling for a while and, and just take a break. Mm. Um, and so my bosses were great and they sat down with me and they said, look, whatever you decide to do, have a five-year plan, have mm. a five-year plan and be ready for the five years ahead of you, mm. you know, and, and think about what you want to do. And, and, and they were good. They were, you know, giving me wisdom and information and, and it was, and it was, it was, I welcomed it. Mm. And, but I didn't follow their advice. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do then, Lisa? Um, 
Well, I made sure that I paid off all my debts. Mm -hmm. I still had a car payment and things like that. And, you know, just like credit card bills and, but nothing major. So mm -hmm. I just, I took a year and I just saved money and I paid off all my debts. I got rid of my flat and I moved in with a friend and we had both decided that we were going to travel around Europe and we were going to come to England. Mm -hmm. And that would be a nice place to be our base as people spoke English here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and then we could jump out, you know, on a train or a plane and or a boat and go to Spain or Italy or France or, you know, any place else. Mm. And so that was the plan. And that's what we did. Oh, so, so yeah. what was your first, uh, where, where was your first stop in Europe? Well, we came to England. Okay. And we came and we stayed in, oh my goodness, a, a Winchester. Ah. That's, we first went to Winchester and absolutely loved it. It had such a great vibe. It was so quintessentially English um, mm. for, you know, two American girls. Um, and we stayed there for what, for, I would say a couple of weeks. We really, really enjoyed it. But we were also very much aware that that wasn't where we were going to stay. We wanted okay. our base to be in London. Okay. Um, so we traveled into London a couple of times while we were in Winchester and we were looking around for a flat. Mm. Um, and we were going to be living with someone who was English that we had met in America. So, you know, I had a year to plan all this. So it was kind of like, you know, it was like now we were making it work and putting everything um, into accomplishing what we wanted to do. Mm. So we had a, a difference of opinion of where we all wanted to live. And it was or the three of you or, or the, yeah. the lady you flew to. Okay. No, the three okay. of us. Yeah. She and okay. I were in sync and we always wanted the same thing. Um, mm. We'd known each other a, a, a very long time by then. Mm. So, um, but we were going to be living with a, with a guy sharing mm. a flat with a guy mm -hmm. and um, he wanted to live in East London and we didn't want to live in East London. Um, we wanted to live uh, more, like Fulham or Chelsea or just somewhere on the West South, you know, Southwest London area. Mm. And he wanted to live in East London because that was closer to the city. Mm. We weren't looking for jobs. So we didn't, you know, we just didn't like it. But then we also thought, well, we don't, we don't know how long we'll actually be there either. And it was really, it was such a learning curve because I'd never been outside of my continent. Like I'd been mm. to Mexico and I'd been, That's, that's a lie. I had been to England when I was younger in my twenties. Okay. I forgot about that. So I had come to London mm. and, um, I had, I had an idea and that's where I sort of knew where we wanted, where I would have liked us to, to land and, and have a base. Mm. Um, and so it was difficult for us to find somewhere to live and we ended up living outside of London because London was so expensive and when we were looking at how much money we had and how long we were planning to stay mm. we just wanted somewhere that wasn't as expensive you know a little bit less expensive than what what our budget was was um what we'd agreed upon so we ended up not living in London we lived in a place called Bromley in Kent okay and It was lovely. We loved Bromley. It was such a great place, a great location. So then the first place that we went to 
we just was France and we went to we went to Paris. We went from um is it Dover to Calais? Like you can get yes, on the you could get on yeah. the ferry. Yeah. 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 And um we had a great time while we were there and then we came back and I ended up meeting someone and right. we didn't after that we didn't really my friend and I we didn't go anywhere else she got really homesick Hmm. and even though we had fun we were having a great time we were thinking about where else we were going to go I was really inspired I guess um even from the moment that we were flying over and landing in the UK Hmm. I started writing poetry okay and it was just being in a country with such different scenery and it was such a different pace of living to what I was used to. I was used mm. to this concrete jungle, um, you know, just go, 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 go all the city, time. City, city, city. Yeah. Yeah. And so to be somewhere, I mean, Kent is considered the garden. Yeah. The garden of England. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was just beautiful. And mm. we arrived in May. So flowers were in bloom, sun was shining. And that year it was the longest summer. I think it was, hot until like October, November time. It was Mm. just insane how the weather was. (laughs) Um, So we had a great time and I did a lot of writing Mm. and just from like experiences that we had of meeting people and, and um, you know, just building relationships with people that we met. It was, it was really a nice time, but she got, she just missed her life. Mm. I don't think that she was a lot younger than I was to be okay. fair. Um, How old were you at, at around that time? I was, when we came to England, I was 30. Okay. I just turned 30. Okay. Um, and she was 19 mm. at the latest, mm. um, 19, 20, but we had been friends for a really long time. Mm. Her sister and I were closer in age and we were best friends for a long time while I was living in Los Angeles. Mm. So, um, so did she go back home and you stay? She ended up, she ended up going back home. Mm. Um, and that was a struggle for her because she didn't really want to go home. She didn't feel like she had accomplished what she wanted to do. She didn't mm. feel that, um, she would have liked to have stayed in the UK longer. By then we had already been here probably six months. Okay. Um, okay. And you had so, been yeah. to France. So it was, it was literally UK, France. And that was, that your was Europe. It. And then she yeah. Was, yeah. And then oh, she wow. was gone. Um, and I ended up marrying this person that I had met. Oh, um, where, where did you meet the person? The person we met in a restaurant. And okay. In the UK, they, in France? Yeah. In the UK. No, okay. in the UK, they, um, they were sort of like a, I don't know what their position was, but it was like a chain of restaurants that we went, that we were at and they worked for that company. Ah. And and so that's how I met, I met him. Mm. Um, And we had a lot of banter. There was a lot of fun. It was, um, there was, I wouldn't say that he was like a very attractive man, but he was, he was intelligent Mm. and he was, Follow us on Instagram at Speak Podcast and you will find each guest has an interesting fact or picture to share with you. Let's get back to the interview. And I just didn't, I, we really sort of grew like in the circle of people that we, you know, became familiar with my friend that came with me. Mm -hmm. And um, 
we were chatting and he said, I said to him, I'm going to have to go back myself soon. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't been to as many, I hadn't been anywhere apart from France. Mm -hmm. And I said, so I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do type of thing unless I get married. It was like just a, a flippant comment. And he said, I'll marry you. Okay. And, <laughs> and it was kind of like, it was just really simple like that. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, I'll marry you. I mean, he had, you know, his, his, um, his situation or his home life, I guess was, was very, uh, there was a lot of pressure and, mm. um, he was, but he was, he was a great guy, a, mm. a great man. He, we were close in age and I really did like him. We had a good friendship. We had a good foundation and, and it sounded crazy. And I think there was a part of me that really wanted to, because I also felt pressure of not knowing where, what would happen if I did go back to America mm. with this individual. Um, and, well, what and we individual? Did, your the friend or the man? Oh, was, yeah. was going back to America with him an option? No, 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 no. He was, he was settled here. Okay. Um, and his family is here. He would not have been in a position to where he could do that. There was mm. no way. Um, he had a lot of responsibilities within his family. Okay. Uh, and so it was, it was, that was never an option. And mm. we didn't, we didn't live very close to each other. So mm. it took some time, I guess, for us to really get to know each other. And, and it wasn't, it, it was, it was a relationship that had potential, if that mm. makes sense. So even though it was sort of lighthearted um, in regards to getting married, deep down, I was really hoping that it would work. Mm. That, mm. you know, it, And it was very nerve wracking. Um, and I remember my friend that came out with me to England, she came back for our wedding. And it was really, um, it was fun. It was, mm. it wasn't like your typical, and I never wanted a traditional, you know, kind of, kind of wedding. So we ended up getting married and mm. I had to go through the whole interview, um, with like immigration and, mm. and, uh, all the rest of it. And it was hilarious because we were, we were genuinely married mm. and, you know, we lived together. I didn't pay him any money. You know, there, there's all these things that you hear. <laughs> yep, about. They ask you all the questions, uh, did, yeah, but did, did he actually, um, did he actually propose properly as opposed to I'll marry you oh, yeah. at some yeah. point? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yes, we did have a conversation and it was really genuine and we both mm. felt the same. We both were, you know, um, interested in where our relationship could go. And there was just mm. the pressure of time of knowing that I wouldn't be able to stay. Mm. Um, and all of those questions were raised at my interview, mm. you know, once, once we had gotten married. Um, and it was, it was quite interesting because even though I knew that it was quite a serious thing to mm -hmm. have to go for this interview, um, we didn't feel like we were trying to do anything wrong. Mm. So we didn't have anything to hide. Um, and he didn't come with me to my interview. And that was something that was really upsetting for the immigration officer. And okay. that, you know, well, where is he? Why didn't he come with you? And why and, didn't he? Because, because he worked for a restaurant, there would be times mm. that he wouldn't get home until after two o'clock in the morning because mm. the, because of their hours and his schedule. So it was always changing. And I, and that's what I said to them. I said, you know, my appointment is for nine o'clock and he didn't get home until half past two. So 
I wasn't going to ask. And then he's got to go to work again. So I wasn't going to say, you know, come in for this. I didn't realize the, the seriousness of it, you know, of of the, of the interview and the application. Mm. Um, Because like I said, I just felt really innocent. We had nothing to hide. We didn't have, you know, it was, like I said, I didn't pay him. It wasn't as if we weren't living together. We knew each other, you know, we had a past. Um, So, you know, it, and it was fine. And I remember when you go through that, I don't know if you know anyone who's ever gone through that kind of experience. Um, They keep your passport. You have to go in with all of this, you know, um, paperwork and, Mm. and, you know, all sorts of questions that, that he had to sign and fill in and that I had to sign and fill in. Mm. And I think it didn't actually hit me until I was actually there that, Oh, this is quite a serious thing. And um, (laughs) so when they got through it, what was, well, I guess we know what the final decision was, but yeah, Yeah, that I got to stay, but you don't get your final, you don't get told until like, it takes about, I would say a good, four to six months. Wow. So they hang on to your passport for that mm. length of time. And you, you know, you don't have your, any of your paperwork in regards to who you are as an individual. Mm. So it, it was a little concerning after that, when I walked away and, and, and time kept passing. And I thought, when am I going to find out? When am I going to know? Especially having an American mentality when you're just used to everything getting done, mm-hmm. like faster, you know, the, and, and not, um, not not so reliant on on actual paper i mean even now modern technology you know everything is sped up as far yeah. as what we do. so back then it was very different and and when my passport arrived i i had a sticker in my passport um that just said you know remains to stay indefinitely mm. and and i was like super excited we were both really happy it was fantastic you know it was great and Aww. um so it was it was really really good um so at, at that point in time, where in the UK were you? So at that time, um, we had moved to Wimbledon. Okay, so you were in London. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so, in, in terms of your new life, so you had come to the, to the UK free, young, single, yeah. not looking for a job. And, no. <laughs> and then uh, fast track a year or so later, you're married. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Going yep. through an immigration process. Yes. And um, living in London, not Kent yes. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. A lot happened within a, a short space of time. Yes. So how, did. How, what, what did that feel like in terms of everything happening? Um, it was exciting. It was fast. It was exciting. My um, mom and my brother came out to visit us. We had our own, our own home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of funny at the same time because Mm. I had found myself being so much more domestic than I ever had been in my life, but I was really happy. You know, Mm. it was, it was really great. Um, and so we just, I didn't, I didn't really need to work. So, um, I had a lot of free time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I decided that I would start, uh, a flower business. Okay. And, so that's what I did. I started a, a flower arranging business. And obviously, <clears throat> because of my husband, I was able to get contracts with the restaurant that of the company that he worked for. Mm. So I had like a certain area and location where I did all of the um, flower arrangements for the restaurants 
and I also had some offices and different so I it was more the business that I had it wasn't for individual people like you could walk into a shop and order it wasn't like, a flower it wasn't shop like, it was a yeah. it was a flower business yes. business to business yeah. oh wow so so yeah. did you know you had that in you because this is the first time i've heard you mention a flower yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and you set up a business around it you didn't know yeah. you had it in you I didn't. What would happen is that every now and then I would meet my husband at a restaurant at one of the mm. restaurants that he was at and mm. we would have lunch mm -hmm. and I'd be like, who does these and how much are they charging? Mm. You know, the restaurants and I could do this. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, I could do this. So mm. I, I did. And it, it was kind of funny because one of my things as I was growing up, I always loved Audrey Hepburn. Mm. And if you've ever seen My Fair Lady, there's, you know, the flower market. Yes. And so I remember thinking as a silly American girl, um, when I was talking to him about the flowers, I could go to the flower market and I could pick flowers. <laughs> and, and, and so that was kind of my thing. I would always romanticize things. That's just kind of, I think me, you know? Mm, um, mm. <clears throat> and so when it, it turned out, it was really good money. And I only worked three days a week, mm. but for those three days, I would have to be at the flower market by 4 a.m. So, you know, four, half four. And I didn't mind that. I actually really enjoyed going to the market. Mm. You know, you go, it's super early, but it's buzzing. And there's every single flower you can imagine. And I think it reminded me a lot of growing up on the farm. Mm. Um, on the and, land, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> because... I liked the idea of picking, of mm. choosing, you know, you could be looking at, I don't know, a hundred different flowers, but there was mm. one that would speak to me mm. and that would be like, that's the one I want. That's, you know, that's the bunch that I want. Mm. Um, and I was having to buy a lot. So I would go, I'd have a cup of coffee and it would just be great. You, you know, the smell as you walk in there is just gorgeous. It's, you know, I, I just loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> Okay, so, so that, that, that's brilliant. So here you are, an entrepreneur, married, and yeah, early 30s, um, I would imagine yeah. by then. Okay, yeah. so in, in that decade, before you hit 40, uh, 40 years yeah. old, what significant change, apart from what we've just spoken about, happened? Um, my husband's father died, and that affected our relationship immensely. Oh, he'd always been so. very, he'd been rebellious against his family. Um, okay. <clears throat> so I didn't know, I, I hadn't met his parents when we got married. Um, and he only spoke and had a relationship, a genuine relationship with one of his brothers. And he was one of, I want to say seven or nine children. So it was a large family. Mm. Um, and even though he was born and raised here, his family were second were first generation immigrants like they had moved to the uk okay um and his father his family were were very wealthy mm. um in the country that they had originally came from and they had lots of businesses so when my husband was growing up <clears throat> when they would go back to his parents home country um, he would have his own security guard and he would have his own driver. He mm. would never be allowed to leave the grounds um, without some sort of security. 
uh, and even on their land, on their property, they had hired security. Mm. Um, so it would have been devastating for the family if any of their children would have been kidnapped mm. and held for ransom and that kind of thing. They were very well-known and, and very affluent. Mm. So he was, but my husband was born and raised here in the UK mm -hmm. and he um, had been privately educated and very difficult um, falling in line with what his parents wanted for him mm. um, and, and his family. He, he wasn't, all of his siblings felt the same, but he was the youngest. And so he, he really stood his ground. He really dug his heels in. This was before I knew him that mm. all of this took place. But um, when his father, his father became ill mm -hmm. and he ended up going to his home country for a short period of time, I think just to get businesses in order, just okay. to, I think he was selling some of his businesses so that he could um, have the money and stay in the UK because he knew that he wasn't well. Mm. And I, I think that um, it didn't go very well because he, he was very ill um, mm. while he was in the other country. And my husband's older, oldest brother ended up having to go and get his father and bring him back to the UK. Mm. Um, so when all of that happened, it was quite stressful and intense. And then my husband's father passed away and it changed him. Um, and I think that he felt guilty and he felt really bad for not being the son that they expected him to be. Mm. Um, and it changed the dynamics of our relationship. How so? Um, one of the things that was really fantastic about our relationship is that we were both really good communicators and we, we were, we could tell each other things and be extremely honest with each other. And even though it would hurt, we wouldn't react. We mm. would, you know, and I think for him, it was just, he couldn't live the life that we had been living. Mm. And as much as he loved me, he couldn't stay with me anymore. He couldn't be, in this marriage anymore um it really messed him up mm. um and he i think that everything that he was running from or maybe putting under the rug came to surface for him and mm. and so we ended up getting a divorce and that was one of the hardest times in my life i mean i actually had pain in my heart i remember mm. just praying and couldn't understand it just mm. couldn't understand it because I didn't, I didn't want that. That mm. isn't, you know, um, and it was, it was, it was hard for both of us. Mm. We would, you know, we would make excuses to get together to talk about things, but there wasn't really, I mean, he was just like, you keep the house, you know, you, I had a car by then obviously. And, and he was like, you just keep everything because mm. he, he didn't want to leave me in a position where I, had nothing, I, I suppose you could say. And, mm. and not that I would have done, but he was more than generous, mm. you know, when, when we parted ways. Um, but we'd, we'd have meetings with each other and, and it would, we would end up just crying. Mm. Um, but it, it was just something that he had to, I guess, deal with and, and sort out himself. That's what he believed. Wow. So it was really, that was hard. It was and very and hard. how many years were you married for? We were, we were only married about two and a half years. Mm. If, if that long um but we were together 
obviously a little bit longer than that. Mm. And we had such a great, such a great relationship. I mean, I, I will always speak of him with fondness mm. and you know, he was, he's, he's a lovely man. He just really is a lovely man. Wow. Really good guy. Yeah. Wow. So we see you in your mid thirties div divorce. Yep. yep. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for listening. All of us have a story to share. You can contact us at info at thespeakpodcast.com or learn more about this podcast at www.thespeakpodcast.com. I hope to welcome you on the next episode.